This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Now, healthcare funders have hit back at claims made by the industry regulator that they are not acting in the member's best interest during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Council for Medical Schemes, or CMS for short, said that many medical aids had not applied for exemptions to regulations that would allow them to waive contributions from members struggling to make ends meet during the lockdown. Now, the Board of Healthcare Funders, BHF for short, says the CMS's accusation that its members were denying beneficiaries relief despite extreme COVID-19 conditions was incorrect and unfair. Joining us to unpack this is Johan Crawford, the CEO of Glopin Healthcare Consultants, the brokers who provide individuals, corporate groups, and government agencies access to healthcare solutions. Mr. Crawford, Thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID report. Can you please tell us how it has been in the medical aid space since the coronavirus pandemic hit the globe? Were there any processes that had to be changed? The industry in a whole took quite an about turn. Um, in the past, specifically with Globin, we've got quite a big pensioner book. So our processes in the past was literally going to our clients collecting claims on their behalf, going to the scheme, submitting it on their behalf. And since COVID, we had to train, and it's not always, it's quite challenging, but we had to train our pensioners how to use TeamView. We had to train them how to use WhatsApp video calls. So it's been a slight challenge, but at the moment we are overcoming it. We, in a nutshell, we need to change. We need to change the older generation's mindset on how to use electronic modes of communication. So yes, especially with the older generation, that was quite a big change, but the younger generation already so linked up with the technology, so that wasn't a challenge at all. So the need to adapt, um, absolutely. Now, how did you communicate all of these changes to your members and all of these alterations to your operations? Game, yes, we, um, we when the pandemic started in March, we, we actually took a company decision that we are changing now for the next 10 years. We are not changing for the next two months. So we upgraded quite substantially our social media platforms. Um, we literally went on a, on a phone call, sort of like I said in the previous question, we've got a big pensioner ratio. So we actually phoned every pensioner on our book the younger generation, we made contact via social media, Facebook, WhatsApp, and then the really, really old, old generation, we still phoned them and we followed it up with physical correspondence that you put in the mailbox. So that's how we reached all our, um, all our clients. Now, reports indicate that nearly half of the country's medical aid members are being denied financial help by their schemes during this worldwide pandemic. How does this work and is there an exception? Just to answer you there, the, the half of the country's medical schemes that did not give help to their members, that is the majority of those schemes are closed schemes. When I refer to a closed scheme, it is schemes like LA Health, Samvumet. They only members that, that work in local government are allowed to belong to those schemes. So those are mostly the schemes that didn't apply for exemption. 
because they already subsidize their members with about either 60 or 70 percent. So it's a closed scheme. So basically they, yeah, they give a big subsidy already. The, the open schemes, they assisted their members that did apply either via the members could use their savings to offset against contributions or the members are also allowed to um, go into a paying off arrangement. Let's say they fall four months behind, the scheme will give them um, six months to pay off the contributions. The other way which the schemes assisted the members was um, allowing option downgrades mid-year. Usually option downgrade is only permitted once a year, but due to affordability, um, a lot of the schemes also allowed the members to downgrade options mid-year, so in a, in a manner assisting the members. I'm curious as to what was the category that was used to grant relief to the members, um, if there were any, that were not able to pay their premiums. What were the categories that you used to grant relief to the members who can't contribute with their premiums? Okay, very good question. Okay, the, the categories that the, the Council for Medical Schemes and the schemes that actually applied or did not apply looked at would be mainly you get two types of medical schemes. You call it a new generation option that's got savings. Now, the schemes that did not apply, um, I'm just going to give an example. It is schemes like Cosmet, I saw CISWEB. Those are schemes that they do not have a savings component. So it was kind of um, a futile exercise for them to apply because they don't have savings that they, that they can give members to offset against the contributions. Another category game that also had a big impact on applying was, remember, on a medical scheme, the scheme belongs to the members. Um, there's a board of trustees um, elected by the members. Now, the schemes that did not apply the members should also ask the trustees that they selected why they didn't apply for exemption at the CMS. Um, like I said in the previous question, the majority of the schemes are closed schemes that they already assist their members with a big subsidy. But then the few that are not closed schemes, um, like I said, just for example, Hosmet and CISWE, they don't have savings that they can give to the members. And just to add to your question, um, the board of trustees of the scheme should also take um, responsibility for not applying as they were elected by the members to represent their interests. Um, I hope that gives you some clarity on that question again. No, it absolutely does. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Crawford. Now, as far as the, the legalities of, of insurance during this pandemic. President Cyril Ramaphosa went to great lengths in his, in his most recent address to announce, boldly announce plans to root out com, uh, corruption that is impeding the fight against this pandemic. Now, I can't speak on any specific examples, if there are any for me to speak on to begin with, but I'm curious as to how your organization handles cases of people trying to fraudulently claim for, for insurance during this pandemic, people who perhaps um, engage in dishonest activity, trying to secure insurance money um, due to maybe having lost their job or, or not receiving a salary over the course of this pandemic. How do you 
deal with uh, matters of fraudulent activity? Okay, thanks for the question. Look, as a broker, we can only give the information that the client um, or the potential member gives to us, and we can give it through to the scheme. Um, the scheme on the other side has got specialized, or I'm saying the schemes, um, any medical scheme that you may apply to, they've got specialized departments that deal with um, fraud with the medical aids. So just to give you an example, any medical scheme has what um, has got a, what they call a, a pre-existing condition department. So that just prevents a member from from um, containing COVID-19 and does not have a medical aid. So obviously, when he when he goes for the treatment, the scheme will obviously the you know, the non-declaration department will be able to see that that was a pre-existing condition, and then the member won't lose his membership, but the scheme won't pay for that specific condition because it was a pre-existing condition. So I also I am also very aware that the schemes have. Um, sharpened up the fraud departments when the COVID-19 pandemic actually started. Very eye-opening stuff. Thank you very much for that. Now, can you please give us a, a, a sense, if you can, or an indication as to how much medical aid funding has been directed towards treating COVID-19? I'm curious as to how many of uh, your clientele have had to claim medical aid funding in order to address uh, maybe COVID-19 treatment and, and um, related expenditure? To, just to give you a, um, a slight perspective of the funding, um, Discovery Medical Scheme has got half of the market. Um, like I said, in the, of, of the total people that belong to medical schemes, half belong to Discovery. Now, Discovery has planned to spend on the COVID 3 billion rand. The, the other big um, player in the market is MedScheme. They represent about 10 medical schemes. They've budgeted to spend 1 billion rand. Then the third biggest player in the market is, of course, GEMS, um, a government employee medical scheme. They've also budgeted to spend 1 billion rand. So between the three big players that represent approximately 80% of the medical scheme market, we're looking at around 4 billion rand, excessive amounts. Excessive indeed. And finally for me, Mr. Crawford, before I uh, let you go to carry on with the rest of your day, as far as the ways in which this pandemic has caused, it, you, you, you referred to it earlier, you're not, we're not adapting for two months. We might be adapting for a much more long-term period than just two months. So as far as the way in which this pandemic has changed the medical aid landscape what information would you like uh, the members of different medical aids to know in south africa about the current state of affairs okay thanks for the question the most important thing that any medical aid member should know regardless of what medical aid they are on is that COVID 19 when the pandemic started has been classified as a pmb condition now i just want to explain that in layman's terms a PNB condition is a condition that any medical scheme must pay at cost. They must pay the account in full. So the members must just remember if they get tested for COVID and they get tested positive, 
the scheme that they belong to must pay all the expenses in full, no matter what the provider charges. If the test is negative, then that will come from the member's savings or day-to-day. -day. If they don't have it, then it will be for their, for their own pocket. But I'd like to reinforce with members, don't be, like I said, um, COVID-19 has been classified as a PMB. It's a life-threatening illness. And if you are diagnosed with COVID-19, your scheme, regardless of what scheme you belong to, must pay all the treatment in full. If, if the members can only remember that, then I, um, I've succeeded in um, giving a good message to the public. We've just heard from the CEO of Glopen Healthcare Consultants, Mr. Johan Crawford, explaining the various ways in which healthcare funders can still do right by the people who provide monthly contributions to them over the course of this pandemic. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or stream via www.vafm.co.za.